You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session 18. So just want to preface this by saying typically session 18 would be our last session. Obviously, Serena and I have a very ongoing relationship. It's we don't even like sign in six month contracts or anything like that. We work together for so long. And so we actually decided to go ahead and just extend this season a little bit because obviously we will be continuing our work together as is, and it just feels like the right thing to give you guys a few more sessions to kind of see some of this play out and see what's going on here. So just wanting to make note that session 18 is not going to be our last of this season. We're gonna throw a few more in there. So with that being said, I think this is gonna be a really, really good episode. There was a bit of a time delay because I had to move a call because of a personal family medical issue and then Sabrina had to move a call as well and so we are like a little bit of a time gap between our last session and this one but obviously we didn't want to make y'all wait on the podcast so we're putting them together this is sort of just like a little bit of like a reset session so we're kind of picking up where we left off in figuring out what she's doing with one-on-one team all those kind of things but I think this will be really helpful to dive into all of those things. And I think we have some really important conversations on growth, quantum leaping, scaling, that will be very, very, very useful to anyone listening. I think at any stage, just hearing the transparency behind that feels really important. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you guys enjoy the fact that we're gonna extend it a bit and I hope that it really serves you. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, I like your teacup. Me too, I like your face. I mean, what can you say? It's a good one. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm good. I feel like I'm back where I was when my first mental breakdown started. Okay. But in a better place, but also the same place. So I think the mentally good- different place. Well, so basically, like in January, Paul went to Australia for three weeks and I was on my own. My housekeeper pretty much didn't show up at all during that point. And I had set up my schedule so that she would watch them while I worked. Clyde was a maniac. So I was pretty useless. And now Paul goes to Australia again on Wednesday. And this is going to be a quarterly thing. So four times a year, he's going to go to Australia for a month. So I have to figure this out as like a long-term thing so that I'm not useless for four months out of the year, which I do think there's different contexts this time. My housekeeper is coming consistently and she's actually going to come a fourth day a week while Paul is gone. Clyde can sleep through the night. Clyde is house trained. However, he's having a lot, a lot of health issues, um, just like with his skin and his breathing and all of this stuff. So He's definitely still a handful. I see all these memes on Instagram and they're like the first baby that like tricked you into thinking you should have a second one. And then like the second one's like a monster, like running around or like, you know, falls on its head, that kind of stuff. So that's, that's my Clyde bear. Yeah. So just, he's, he's been a handful, but I do feel overall more capable this time around 
and knowing that this is not like a one-off thing, but like, this is the new normal, I think has me feeling much more committed to figuring this the fuck out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really important, right? Because like, it's not like you can just be like, Oh, right off. That was just a tough time or whatever. You're like, this is a quarter of my year now or no, a third of my year now. Right. So like, yeah, shit just has to like run anyway. But I think also you can be more planful this time because you know what it feels like. So, you know, you need extra support, you know, you need Paula there longer, all of those things. Yeah. I really don't think I knew what I was getting into last time. I was like, Oh yeah, no worries. I'm just going to watch these two cute little puppies while you're gone. Yeah. And then it was like, welcome to hell. So (laughs) see, we, we were able to make the podcast about motherhood after all. Look at that. I know. Yeah. (laughs) As as Bennett screams in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the shit show guys. No. Um, But yeah, I think it is just about figuring out like how to do it with that in mind and also like how to not let that become like the reason. But I also think, and like we can talk about this today, but I also think like being careful not to label that in your mind as the only reason. Like I actually think as probably everyone has followed, there was more going on with that in terms of the support you had within your business too. So I think like that was also kind of like a big factor in that at the time too. I think it was just like a perfect storm. Like it was a combination of things. Paul was gone. The housekeeper was sick. The operational support wasn't there. Yep. Clyde was a new puppy figuring out the world. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it was just really a perfect storm. Yep. And then I didn't say this in January, but like the reason why Paul's going more, one of the reasons is like, there's someone in his family who's sick. So I know that this is obviously like the right move for our family at the moment. And also like, it's still a big adjustment. So hopefully the goal is when Clyde is older slash not having all these skin issues, I will be able to go halfway through Paul's trip at least twice a year. So we'll be apart for a week, have two weeks together, then I'll go back home and then he'll come back a week later. But that might not start until he goes in January and September, but we'll see. And also like you kind of need a reset right now too. Like it would be harder for you to leave right now too, in the midst of feeling like you're like just back to life kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. So something that I think is cool to name and take away here is that new challenge Sabrina kind of has of not just seeing that time, you know, in January as one off, but adjusting to the new normal of Paul being gone more regularly. I think what this is helpful to see is that this kind of stuff will come up in life and business, right? And you know, just when it sort of feels like things are working in a well-oiled way, this might happen. Or at the worst time when it feels like things aren't operating in a well-oiled way, changes may occur. But I think it's just helpful to see someone at a later stage of business go through something like this, where it's like, oh, things are shifting in my world and I like really have to shift my mindset around it and how it's not just one off. And I have to shift my trust in myself and my support and all of these things to kind of manage this. I think it's just helpful to watch that or listen to that, I guess, because I think so often we think, oh, like once I get to that stage in business, everything will be fine and nothing will ever be a challenge. And that's just not true. Like new challenges will always surface new ways that we have to adjust, pivot, think about things are always going to be there. What really happens is that once you're at that place, you just trust yourself to do it more. You trust yourself to handle it more. And I think that's, what's cool here is it's not necessarily about like, 
oh my God, this is a big problem. I can't deal with it. It's like, okay, I know I just need these handful of things set up to be able to deal with it. So the challenges will keep occurring, but if you continue to build the self-trust that you can handle them, that's what actually makes things get easier over time. Okay, good. So tell me what you want to dive into. Um, I guess just some updates. I had a millionaire retreat, which I really enjoyed. One thing that I've been thinking about for a couple of months now, but I'm not sure if I want to pull the trigger on this is the way I have it set up is every four months, approximately we do a two day virtual retreat. I'm thinking about switching it to quarterly one day retreats. What I've noticed is that with virtual retreats, people are a lot more inclined to like dip in and out. And I think that's just true of all coaching or group programs. Like you'll have people join a group call halfway through and then they'll leave 10 minutes early. Whereas you wouldn't really do that with the private call. So I'm wondering if it being quarterly and it's more so focused on like always planning out the next three months, the next quarter would be a good fit, but I don't know if I should action that or not. Just in terms of like show up rate and people being invested for like, they only have to block out a day as opposed to two kind of thing. It's only a day, but also it's really popular for the people who do attend. So maybe if it's quarterly, that would feel great because it's more regular. Yeah. Then it's like very specifically focused on planning out the next quarter. And then also like I did do like three sessions over the two days of like strategy training. So I could just, instead of doing four hours each day, I could maybe do five hours one day or something. I like that. I think that's easier for you too. I mean, I think like experientially, like it's probably better for them to have it more frequently as opposed to like more intensely, right? Yeah. So I think that I am going to go ahead and make that change because otherwise yeah, yeah. it probably wouldn't be until like July, August. And then we always do one in November, but I figured if it can be like the end of the second month or beginning of the third month of each quarter, then that's like a really easy flow. Cause everyone's like, this was so good. I want to do these all the time. So I don't really want to wait four months to do it again when it could just be like a part of the quarterly structure and planning of the program. Yeah. I really like that. So I'll, I'll communicate that change in action that I sold some millionaire VIP spots, which was spicy and exciting. I've decided not to run with selling private spots just yet. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. Maybe I'll do something with it, but yeah, I am thinking about raising the price on my mastermind. I think it is very good not to move forward with that right now because yeah. I feel like there was nothing that was like feeling, I mean, I think it would be enjoyable for you, but I think like, it's not like yeah. you were like, it has to be this. It has to look like this. It's not like, yeah. even in terms of like your timing and everything right now, with like Paul going away. Like it doesn't necessarily make sense for you to add like more rigidity to your plate when you're just trying to get back in the like routine, you know? Yeah. So we kind of left off last session talking about potentially going into one-on-one opportunities. I know we talked about pricing a lot. I think Sabrina was like definitely interested and excited about it, but I think the more we dove into pricing, the more that wasn't necessarily making a ton of sense for her. And so she's decided to table it, which I think not only makes sense from the pricing standpoint, but really because 
of the challenges, changes, whatever, however you want to say it, that she mentioned, right? Of like Paul being gone, having team stuff to rework, like sometimes something can feel kind of exciting, but then when we zoom out and look at the bigger picture, figuring out if it actually makes sense holistically for us, our life and our business is so important. And I think the truth is right now, this does not holistically make sense for her life and her business, right? It's not that we couldn't have worked out the pricing stuff or that she didn't have some excitement toward it, but I think it's just so easy to make decisions from a zoomed in place versus zoomed out. And so the zoomed in place would be like, yeah, why not do one-on-one? -on -one? But when we really bring it out, especially with this kind of new context that she has of like Paul being gone more regularly right now, having had a team member change, all of that, it just doesn't make sense right now. It makes sense to double down on what's working really well, what's already built, what already has a lot of structure behind it. And so just really wanting to name that in your own business, like it sometimes just like, does this feel exciting cannot be the best question. It's like, how does this work in the larger, broader context of my entire life and business? Like when we can ask those questions and make decisions from that point, things get so much more peaceful in our business. So just really wanting to encourage you to see why this got looked at from a different angle and does it make sense there and how you really want to apply the same to your business whenever you can. So agreed with that, which is why I think millionaire VIP feels good just because mm -hmm. yep. it is essentially private coaching. Like I do offer daily private boxer support and six calls a year. Plus I yep. see them times a month on group calls. So that's four touch points a month. Plus yep. I'm going to take over the marketing round table. So right now Paul is doing them. I'm going to take over that. So that will be a surprise for the millionaire girls, but I'm going to do the strategy sessions myself just because I know that sometimes they're like curious about like what it looks like in my business, which obviously Paul can speak to, but it's different than me being there. So yeah, lots of increased touch points overall, but I'm, I am thinking about raising the price a little bit on millionaire and millionaire VIP. Yeah. It makes sense too. Cause that's also the funnel you want to be working the most. So having the focus there makes sense. Okay. Tell me what you're thinking of pricing. So right now millionaire VIP is 5,000 a month and it sells very easily. I've also come to realize that like I'm the cheap person now in the coaching space, which I'm really not enjoying because I don't know. I'm just not into it. Did you know that people charge like a hundred thousand dollars a year for a mastermind where you can't even talk to the coach one-on-one? -on -one? I didn't know that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I know this because they all hire me after where they're like deeply in debt and like miserable. And they're like, what have I done? I'm like, I literally have no idea what you've done. I also know this because similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're not going that crazy, but like my mastermind is 2,800 a month base. And I'm thinking about maybe doing 3,200 a month, which for the minimum income requirement, like of 20K a month, 15K a month, I feel like that's a pretty sustainable investment, especially because nowadays, most of the people joining aren't at that minimum point. Like most of them joining are at 600,000, 700,000. I have one client right now who's definitely going to cross 2 million this year. And so now we're talking about how do we scale to five? So like just the quality of people coming in, I feel like is much higher than like, oh, like I'm at 10K months. How do I get to 100K months? It's more like I'm at 65. How do I get to 150? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think the difference between 2,800 and 3,200 is like so negligible at that point. But I also think like there is something to be said for pricing it in a way that makes it the appearance of value to someone at that level too, to a certain extent, right? Like where it is yeah. like a commitment and an investment and it does like showcase the value in it. I mean, obviously I don't think it's bad to be 
a quote-unquote great price but I also think that like it's just not necessarily like communicating the actual value behind it yeah so I was thinking that to start maybe eventually it'll go up to 3,500 but I think just a small price increase for now and then for millionaire VIP I think I want to raise it from 5,000 a month to 5,500 a month because there obviously needs to be like a proportional gap between the base and the VIP version and then I'm also thinking about for the first monthly payment, rather than it just being 3,200, like maybe it's like 6,500 as like a deposit. I felt like you used to do that all the time and really like the deposit I, thing. I did. I loved it. So for mil- or for Inner Circle, I used to do a 12,000 deposit yep. and 4,500 monthly payments way back when. I think my program for like the first ever Bali Mastermind was like a $6,000 deposit and then yep. like monthly payments of 2,000. But yeah, I've always I've always liked the deposit thing. Yep, I think that makes sense. So I think that will be little adjustments we'll make there. Wealthy women, I'm keeping the price where it's at. I feel really, really good about the price. And also like it might be worth like for wealthy, like starting to talk more about how it is well-priced. Like again, like not to be like, oh, I'm the cheap one or anything. But I think like, again, like what that's priced at for the value, I think just having that conversation a little bit more is really worth it. Cause I think people are just truly confused. Cause like you said, they see things that are like pay a hundred K for a master and you don't talk to the coach. And so then when they look at wealthy, it's like, it could literally be confusing. So I think just being willing to like speak to that more is valuable. Yeah. I think the only price difference I would maybe do to that program is like 2,500 deposit or like a really small deposit, like 2000 or something. But I'm happy with where it's at, $9.97 a month. So we're just going to keep it there this year and not change that. Yeah, agree. But again, I think like have that conversation more so it makes sense to people. Yep. So that feels good. I was reposted on Boss Babe and I gained like 5,300 followers in two days, which was exciting. And I got like nine millionaire applications from that. So that was also exciting. It's also good to see too, because we had said like your average timeline for conversion was like almost a year. And so just seeing how certain things like, obviously not just being reposted, but certain things can like really shorten that where they obviously felt like really connected to what they posted. It felt like a recommendation. Like it's good to see like that can get short quickly. Yeah. So I've changed up like my Instagram strategy slash TikTok strategy quite a bit. So With TikTok, my theory has been just like post whatever random ass shit and just see kind of like what hits. And like the problem is that like the stuff that hits is like the highly emotional, highly sensationalized crap. And then people are like, oh, but like, but what was your profit? And like, but how did you make this money? And it's like, well, thank you. But you made it on OnlyFans. Mm. Yeah, made it on OnlyFans. And it's like, thank you for watching one eight second video and assuming everything about my life. Which like, I obviously get it, but like, I talk about all of that shit on my podcast, right? Or like, I talk about all of that shit in my programs. So I think I've just kind of accepted that I'm going to play with some of that more sensationalized type content, knowing that's going to get hate, but also knowing that the people who follow along know that that's not really my brands. Like I'm definitely no fluff and I've always been told that. So just going to use some more of that stuff. Also Clyde's little butt is doing wonders for my reach. I posted a video of me giving him a bath, super high. Everyone's like, oh my God, I'm so cute. <laughs> so even though Clyde is a headache, he's a moneymaker. There you go. Shake that moneymaker. Yeah. I mean, oh listen, God. I think that like, it was not that big of a deal. You weren't even really phased by it. Like, so who cares? You know what I mean? It's not like you're like, I had to do 
you know, like 20 hours of therapy and mindset work to overcome like the hate from that. You were mostly like, this is stupid and annoying, like moving on. So like, yeah, lean into that. No, I I definitely didn't care at all, but it was just funny because I feel like I kind of manifested that for a client because literally the day before we had a group coaching call and she said, cause she's like very, very high profile. And she was like, I'm worried that like the pitchforks are going to turn against me. And I was like, yeah, so like good news, bad news, they for sure are. And also like, you'll be fine. And then the next day that happened and she was like, oh my God, Sabrina, which I'm like, yeah, I know. But I think it was good for all my clients to kind of watch that experience. And they were like, oh my God, taking notes. I'm like, yeah, take notes. Totally. I mean, literally every client I have that's like making great money, has good visibility, whatever, has had some version of this. And it's just like part of the trade-off of it. But I think it's just how well you handle it, move through it, what you make it mean, all of those things. Yeah. So that was that was a fun slash unexpected experience. But yeah, good. I just want to make a little bit of a note here on kind of the whole, like, as you grow, these things happen, you know, like you get more hate, etc. And what I want to say about that is like, I, I think that <laughs> from, from being behind the scenes of so much of this happening, what I'll say is like, it always feels a lot more scary when you're thinking about it happening than when it actually does. Like, I think the idea of being like, oh my gosh, so many people on the internet would be coming for me versus like being in it where like, I was teasing Sabrina because somebody commented on hers that like, you know, she made her money on OnlyFans or whatever. And it's like, it's just easy to laugh those things off when it actually happens sometimes. So, you know, for some people that would be like their worst fear. But what I've seen in so many clients is sometimes it is their worst fear and then it comes true and they're like, oh, this is fine. This is not nearly as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be. This doesn't have quite the intensity of how I thought it was going to feel. Anytime I've had like a lot of negativity or hate in that way, or like a really mean email or whatever, that's almost always been how I have felt is like, oh, I actually was like waiting for this to feel worse than it does. So I'm not saying that that's always that I think that sometimes it's just really nice to hear that, that usually like the fear of the thing is worse than the actual thing, which gosh, isn't that so true with so much of life, right? And definitely true here. Like I think, you know, what is so beautiful about kind of what went on with Sabrina here is that it didn't scare her. It actually pushed her to be like, wait, I want to put out more content like this. Right? So I think just using that as evidence and seeing that like, not only can this not be a negative thing, but can actually be something that motivates you to do more, be more, grow more is actually really, really positive. And so if any of you are feeling some fear around this, obviously totally normal, but just know sometimes the fear is actually the worst part of it. Um, have not filled the operations hole in my team yet, but I do have two strong candidates that I will be speaking with in the next week or two. Paul leaves on Wednesday, so I probably won't do anything this week, but maybe next week, I would say. Why not this week? There's much experience happening this week. Hmm. You're such a pain in the ass. I'm just saying, like, I think the faster you feel that, the better all of this shit feels. Yeah, probably. Definitely. I think the, I think the other thing is, like, my content writer is still out on leave until April 1st. There's just, like, lots going on. But also, we're still hitting, like, consistent six-figure cash months with me being a blob. So I'm okay with all of that. But yeah, no, I do. I do have some strong candidates. 
And one of them actually was in this role previously. For you or for someone else? Mm -hmm. And she comes from the clockwork people background. So I'll tell you my opinion is that I don't know that it makes sense to bring someone back that did not previously work out in that role. Yeah. Well, we're going to, we're going to explore all options and see what we do there. Yeah. I'm going to do a masterclass next week. Okay. I think I should probably sell sold out sales in like April or May. And also I'm just curious, like if you think I should like throw myself into a launch, cause that would be good for me. Or if instead I should do the basics or something else. I think it would be not wise, honestly, to launch at this point like that. I mean, I think it makes sense to focus on wealthy and millionaire because those are well-oiled machines. And if we have operations missing, we still have Paul out of town. Like, again, not that he has to be here, that you can't work that out, but that this is kind of like your first time getting into that rhythm to like, be like, I'm going to onboard team and launch and your copy person's out until April. But like, I think that you're just like making it so tough on yourself. Even if I were to launch in May? Yeah. Because you have to get ready for it in April. Right? Like, it's not like the launch is going to just start in May. Like, that's sort of what happened last time too, is like, you never got the time to get ready for it. And that's why it was hard to get off the ground because the support wasn't there. The planning wasn't there to prepare for it. So you think like, if you go into that again, and also it's kind of setting that new person up to fail a little bit if they come in in the middle of that. Yeah. Things to think about. Yeah. Okay. Well then maybe we'll move that to June. And I'm not saying you can't even do something launch E. I just think it makes more sense for it to be millionaire or wealthy. Yeah. Because really you haven't like outwardly sold those in a while too. Like obviously you're getting millionaire applications still and all of that because that's working and people are following, but it's not like that's even been a big push and it just makes sense to double down on those. But yeah, I think like June, July, something like that. But like really giving yourself slash your team runway makes a lot of sense. I can do that. Okay. So I really want to talk about why I'm advising subs to wait on launching. I think that it can be so easy to push ourselves and almost feel like, okay, I need to like redeem myself here. I need to like get back on the horse, go right back into launch, et cetera, et cetera. And while I kind of get that mentality, sometimes I feel like that's sort of that like high achiever mentality that can get us so stuck, which is like, what we actually want to do is like learn from last time, which is like trying to launch without great support and without having a lot of things in place did not feel good and did not get off the ground in the way it needed to. And so instead of kind of trying to just be like, okay, but this time it will, it's like, okay, no, this time we actually need to pause and wait till we're at the right place to really leverage that and make it happen. And so I just want to note that because I feel like whether it's a larger scale like Sabrina where you like need all of the team in place to kind of do that or if it's a smaller scale where like, you know, maybe like you tried to launch when your kids were off school or something and you realize like, oh, that was really, really stressful. But then you kind of feel like you should almost like push yourself into it again. It's almost like we try to like prove something to ourselves. And so I just really wanted to say like, it's so useful to kind of be able to be like, there's nothing to prove here. What I need to do is actually learn from what happened last time and be like what I 
learned is that I need that great support intact. And so how can I set that up for myself? So just wanting to say it's not like don't go for the goal, but it really is about like, what can we learn from each launch that we apply to the next one? And I think what we can really learn here is that like the right support being in place is everything. So then what's masterclass? What does that look like? I thought I would do the six-figure roadmap and use that to sell into Wealthy. Okay, good. I feel like that one always does well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of going through our notes from last time and seeing if there's anything I want to circle back to. Yeah, I think I think we'll do that masterclass and go into Wealthy then. And I think while Paul's gone, when my housekeeper's here, I'm just going to spend like those days assuming that they're kind of at daycare. You know, so like either locking myself in my office, going to my members club or just staying at the podcast studio all day, you know, and if like the dogs eat the housekeeper or whatever, I'll deal with that at 5 p.m. It will be fine. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, I think it's just like feeling like you can block that time and know that you can take it. Like, I think sometimes it's just about making it a habit. Like, I think, right. Like you're just in the habit of like being with them and feeling like you have to do that all day. And so like finding a new habit of like, Oh, it actually looks like I work from this time to this time, I think would be really useful for you, especially to get in the groove of again, while Paul is away. Yep. So we'll try that. But yeah, I think otherwise I'm mostly doing really well. What do you want to yell at me about? Cause I can tell there's something you want to yell at me about. Cause I know what your face looks like when you want to yell because your mouth closed up. You know, it's like a, it's like a line smile, but no teeth showing. I mean, I just, I love you, but like, I can't with bringing someone back. Okay. Yeah. So what's your, what's your alternative? What's your solution? To hire anyone. <laughs> That's not that. <laughs> okay. So a couple of things I just want to name here in terms of what's going on with the role, Sabrina hiring, all of that. One is I'm sure like people will be like, wait, why not refill the role with someone from the past? And obviously I'm not going to go into specifics or details here, but one of the reasons I like really am advising Sabrina not to do that is because typically there was a very clear reason if someone left why that is. And unless that reason has gotten fully resolved, which I do not believe it has in this particular situation, it really doesn't make sense to bring them back on and then have that same kind of discord there or that same challenge when you know that that challenge ultimately led to them not being part of your team, right? So what I think is really helpful here is to say like, it makes sense to me that there's like almost this consideration in Sabrina's mind to think about that because she does have very real challenges that we have to figure out here. Like she was saying in terms of the extra complications of her being overseas, her tax situation with all of that, right? Like there's a lot to think about here, but our job is really to figure out how can she still get the support she needs and what she wants with that context in mind. Again, whether that means we have to hire like two contractors or whatever, right? But really making sure that it doesn't feel like, oh, I don't really have a choice. I have to go back to this thing that did not work out quite how I wanted it to. But to see like, actually what's best for me here is to figure out like, what are the workarounds for the situation I have and how can I get the most out of that? I think that this role is so important and crucial to her team. And so not feeling like she has to settle, but obviously that she has to figure it out within the context of what she's working with is so important. So I'm sure many of you listening might not have the same challenges there, but I think really considering the fact that number one, you can work through things to figure out 
yes, things might not look exactly how you want them to and things might have to shift, but ultimately like what are the foundations of what you want and how are we gonna make sure you get those? That's what's crucial, right? The logistics part, we can almost always work out in business, but what I'm really you know, wanting Sabs to do here is be like, what are the foundations? What do we absolutely need? What do we absolutely need to get done? And then how do we make that work within the context of what you have going on? So just wanting to name those things and say that in your business, the same is true. Know your bottom lines, know your foundations. You can usually work around the rest. I have a lot of resistance with putting out an OBM because I, I just, I don't even know if I can hire from the online space. Like my mom has told me in the past, like you need to hire someone from corporate, like you yeah. need to get a recruiter and get like a COO. And I think that a lot of people say they're COOs. And like, I've even noticed this with my clients, OBM slash COO slash whatever they call themselves. That is always like the number one trouble point. And I think a lot of times it's the client, like crap leadership, don't communicate, don't delegate unrealistic expectations, but I feel like very confident in myself and like the way that I show up. And I think it's just sometimes people like really overstate their experience here. And then they get really overwhelmed by the size of my business. And yeah. then they just kind of like shut down, shuffle things around. The other thing is, cause I'm the same way because I'm a great communicator. So I will basically be like, yep, totally hear you. Everything's fine. I'm going to make that change. Never going to happen again. And then it does happen again. So it's like some people be really trained in like corporate speak. So you think like, yep, they got it. They're going to action that change and nothing ever changes because like, even though they're great communicators, they're not like great, honest people, you know? So it's just, it feels like a really challenging role for me to hire. Yeah. I think that like you're correct in that it doesn't necessarily make sense to bring someone on that's like naming themselves in that role in that way, because usually they're doing it as a business with other clients and your business is at a point where you need someone that's full-time in your business. So hi, we're back to that. (laughs) Well, the challenge with that is there's a lot of complications with hiring someone full-time, legal, accounting, the other pieces. I'm not in the United States. I'm living overseas. And I would prefer, I would, if I lived in the United States, I would for sure hire full-time and preferably local to me. Like I have zero objection with that, but I don't feel comfortable managing someone full-time being on a different time zone. And then also all of the complications that adds to my already quite complicated setup. Well, then you're, you're stuck a little bit, right? Because you want someone that's basically is full-time and is going to have that attention and isn't from like the online world, but it's also going to be really hard to hire someone that's not full-time, not from that world at that level. New idea. Chat GPT. I don't think this is a new idea. I think you've pitched this to me like three different times. <laughs> Paul is building a chat GPT app with our yeah, friends, yeah. like a super crazy developer. Like he builds the website for German banks, like hand codes them. I feel like it could be like, yo boys, I need an OBM, you know, fix, fix this shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good I, luck I feel like that would be a great business. And then that software, I could license it out to clients. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Amazing. I mean, listen, its capabilities are insane. I'm not even saying that, but I think that you don't have the time to like train it in the way that you need to. I think that you need a human. It cured cancer in 30 days, or maybe it was 23 days, you know? 
I'm thinking about asking it like, yo, here are all the symptoms that my dog has, like what is wrong with his skin? And I feel like chat GPT will like fix Clyde. So that would be ideal. But the nice thing about artificial intelligence is like exponentially intelligent. So it just gets like faster and faster and faster until it takes over the world and like enslaves us. Exciting times. Can't wait for that in about 12 months. Oh, 12 but, months. Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. Like the end is near, especially like after all of these like banks failing and things like that and credit suites over the weekend. So it's just a great time to be alive. The brain does not actually think the end of the world is happening in 12 months, you guys, just so we're clear. No, I for sure do. I mean, not, not like the world's going to like get blown up or something, but for sure, like it's, it's all downhill from here, kids. <laughs> such a ray of sunshine. There's going to be like a clip in of like, Sabrina was wearing a tinfoil hat during this session. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the blanket? What's with the foil blanket all over you? Yeah. Yeah. No, like you need a human. Yeah. I don't know. I think... I will consider, I, I just don't know. I really don't know how to hire for this role. I think that you have to like really first, like number one, not hire someone from the past, but number two, I think you need to get clear on like what it is, what you want. Like, like let's really, really sit down and look at that a little bit more in depth because I think that like, you have to kind of come out of this like corner of being like, it needs to be full-time. I can't hire full-time. Like that's the first situation we have to resolve. Does that make sense? Yeah, like whether that becomes two roles or whatever, like I think that that like fully has to get looked at in detail because you need someone like bad, but recognizing yeah. like totally get how complicated like your overseas situation is right now. And so if we need to work around that, we can, but I think like we need enough details to do that. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Can you send me that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can do that. What are, what are we agreeing on right now? Um, that I'm not allowed to hire someone that I've previously worked with that didn't work out. Okay, great. Mm. I'm not allowed to do it all myself. Okay. And I have to send you some stuff. That What's that stuff? I don't know. Details on like structure setup or whatever, or like what I need or think. Yeah. About. Yeah. Like what are the, I know what you're going to say here too, but what are the like tasks slash operational gotcha. things that we need to get completed. And I know you're going to be like, I can do so many of them, but like, just like, let's get them on paper and decide like, is this one role? Is this two? Is this two part-time people? How does that work? Like, we got to figure that out. Yeah, I can do that. For the most part, nothing has really stopped happening, which is like frustrating and annoying where it's like, oh, I didn't even notice that this role no longer existed. So that's like the good news. It's like, it's not like things just stopped. Yeah, I think it is good news, but I also think like it's it's not necessarily about like our things stopping. It's like are you like maximizing the potential of the business? And I think like without more support, it's really hard. Like you just know that. Like you can't continue to like grow when it's all one thousand percent on your shoulders to do that. Yeah, I think about back when I had like 30, 35 people on my team. What a time to be alive. Yeah. I mean, listen, like that was maybe like too big at a point, right? I agree with that, but I also think like more support would be better for you right now. Like you're keeping the wheels on the bus and you're moving forward and you're doing great, but like exponentially could be doing more if you had more support to like hold that. Yep. So I'll figure, I will figure that out and make that a priority to resolve by the time Paul gets home. 
Like, what, what do we mean resolve? Like, have someone in that role by the time you have someone? Okay, fair. Yeah. I feel good about that. Me too. When does he get home? Um, we don't know yet. So, he has so a like lot. a month, basically, you have-ish. Okay. So, basically, it's going to be either right before my birthday or right after my birthday. Because my okay. birthday is 29. So, I'm not, like, really caring about that one. Because it's, like, better if he comes back after my birthday. But he's like, oh, but it's your birthday. I'm like, I'm honestly really good for this one. You know, like if it was my 30th, I would feel different. Okay. So we have like a month, give or take. We have a month. That feels very reasonable mm-hmm. to fill in that time. Mm-hmm. And that would be, yeah. The, so again, I think you have to go June, July launch then because like if they're on by like April, whatever, 15th, 20th, something like that. Even though that's the right answer, I'm not sure it's the right answer for the podcast. What do you mean? I just feel like everyone listening would really love to hear what a dirty launch sounds like. No one wants to hear what a dirty launch. Because you, you know why? What it sounds like is nothing. It sounds like it's not happening. No, I think this time, this round, it's going to be like screaming, tears, swear words. You, are you sure you don't want to just avoid all that? Yeah, no. You just want some drama? Yeah, I do. I just, you know, like, because I feel like I did fucking nothing last time because it was so difficult with Clyde. And now I'm just like, I'm not doing that. Like, I will literally burn things to the ground to feel something if I have to. Mm. <laughs> this is so, this is so healthy. <laughs> I think we talked about this before this season, but I just like appreciate that Serena keeps naming it, which is like, that desire for some like spice and excitement and almost like drama, right? Is really, really normal. And I think, you know, Sabrina has been transparent and honest about having like past trauma. And I think that that can really kind of lead us to often want to be in these patterns of like, where's the spice? Where's the excitement? What can I make crazy? What can I burn down? Right. And I just think what's so helpful is that she's always willing to keep naming that and naming that craving and not necessarily playing into it but also like not making it this huge problem either and i think that's really really valuable we can kind of normalize that craving coming up within us without having to constantly react to it right like i can normalize that i like want chocolate a lot but it doesn't mean i have to like eat chocolate all the time right and i think the same is really really true here and i think the more she brings it up the more she just names when that's happening for her without feeling like she has to immediately act on it or like she can't get that need met in some other way the more it neutralizes itself in her system so just wanting to say this can be really normal encouraging you that if you feel that way to not feel like you have to like you know make it so that you never want that ever again ever but really to like normalize that that feeling will probably pop up and you can get better and better at making it a joke and neutralizing it in your system and not feeling like you always have to react to it but will that craving still pop up from time to time yeah it probably will and again that can be okay and it does not have to make you burn down your business well (laughs) could you feel something around wealthy like something good maybe that's the thing is like everything is like objectively good like if you look at my business like it's a very successful multiple seven-figure business with very high disgustingly high recurring revenue great team members 
At the current moment, every team member I have has been with me for at least two years. 80% of them have been with me for over three and a half years. So it's like, it's all functioning, high re-sign rates, high like client results. And I want a little bit of spice. This wasn't just spicy for you? No. That's in joke for you? I tried to be spicy with my marketing because that is a better place to be spicy and burn shit down than in the like product suite operational side, which is why I haven't burned shit down there. But that's also, I think, why I'm so hesitant about filling the operation spot is because I know how critical that role is. And I don't want to be cycling through incompetence. Yeah. Listen, I agree. Like, I don't think that that's what you have to do, but I also think that like, it can be too easy to like make a story of like, okay, I have to like wait for the perfect person. And I don't know what that is. And so I just wait on it for months and months and months and stagnate my own growth because of that. Yeah. So it might be like the spicy thing to do to just fucking hire someone. I mean, that sounds like a limiting belief on your part where you think that without operational support, the business stagnates. So I feel like if you worked on that, this would be a totally different experience. I I think that that's so true. I'm sure you could quantum leap without any support whatsoever and not burn out in any way, shape or form. That sounds so realistic. Yeah. I mean, why don't we look at the history of my business? And I think we'll find out that that's happened several times. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an OBM until after I was in Forbes. I didn't even have an OBM. Tab, Forbes. So it's about support. I have you. I have a therapist. I have a husband. I have a housekeeper. I have friends. I have a wine and cheese subscription that comes every month. <laughs> the secrets to a successful launch. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the cheese pieces, it comes with six bottles of wine and three pieces of cheese. The cheese part is kind of my fave. But yeah, I mean, it's just like very healing every month when it they knock on your door and they're like, hello, ma'am. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to give you a hard time about, though. You know, people are going to listen to this. Yeah. Yep. Do you really want to be putting that out there so all of your clients come to you and say, I'm going to scale with no systems or support whatsoever because Sab said on the podcast that you can quantum leap with nothing but wine and cheese? No. No, because then you'll come to me and be like, these morons. Yeah. So can we just level set that you do in fact need support? So I think this was a really important conversation at the end that I just really want to make sure we take a moment for, which is this idea of, yes, you can do all these things. You can get results without systems and structure and support. You can quantum leap, like you can do all of it, but is it sustainable? Is it replicable? And does it often lead to burnout? Like I promise you it does because I've worked with most of those clients, right? Like that come to me after having kind of like done that or in the middle of doing that. And they're like, this doesn't feel how it's supposed to feel. Like this feels bad, right? And so yes, it looks good on the outside when you're like making these huge jumps, but it can feel really, really bad when you're not supported enough to sustain that. Now. I will say the caveat here is like, yes, sometimes as you're growing and you're growing fast, you build the plane as you fly. Like I think we did that with Sabrina's business for a long time. Like she grew so quickly that we had to build the plane as we flew, which 
is okay, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't a bumpy fucking ride, right? So it's like at a certain point when you don't have to take the bumpy ride anymore, you don't want to, right? Like you're not gonna push yourself into that. And so it's so important that you get the right systems and right support in place. And so that's why I'm constantly harping on that with Sabrina because it's like, you know, I think there's part of her that still knows she could probably hack it and probably grow and probably take it all on herself. But the wiser part of herself also knows that she wouldn't sustain that and that it would be so hard to push herself in that way. And why do it, right? Because that doesn't actually make the process enjoyable at all. And so I think this is just an important realistic conversation behind it because like everyone will tell you like oh you can quantum leap without all of that and they're not lying they're not wrong it's just how bad does that process feel and how sustainable is it ultimately is the bigger question and so i think hearing from sabrina who has really done both sides of that coin and and hearing her say like one you know can just make you more miserable i think is helpful you know And again, it doesn't mean you would never, ever take that path. Sometimes at the beginning of your business, like that is the way that it goes. But I think when you're much further along and down the road, you want to really train yourself not to choose that path, but to keep coming back to like, how can the process feel good? How can I stay supported? How can I make this sustainable? Because that's truly what is going to give you the business that you actually want and the results that you actually want long-term. I think that like you can do it dirty, but you're not going to love the experience. Like, I think that's the most important takeaway. So like, could you scale without systems, without support? Could you burn yourself the fuck out? Absolutely. But you will hate life and you won't sustain it. So I feel like the reason why right now I'm kind of being a little bitch about this is I've always had systems team support, except for like very, very early on in my business, but I've always prioritized the back ends. And like, that's why I've had it so easy for so long that even right now, when objectively, holy shit, Sabrina doesn't have operational support. And realistically, I haven't really had it for like six or eight months at this point. Right. My business is still really, really fucking successful because of the years of back end work that I've done that we didn't even really notice not having operational support. So yeah, you can light yourself on fire if you want to, but you're probably going to hate that. And also I think you're at a point where you won't even let yourself go there anymore. So that is why it could stagnate because like, you're not at a point in your business where you would like do it super dirty. You would just not do it. (laughs) Right. Because you don't want to make your life miss, which I think is appropriate for the stage that you're at. But it's like, that is why I keep saying like, it would be stagnating because like, you're not just going to be like, all right, fuck it. I'll stay up till 2am working every like that. You would, would not never do that, that at that point. I would like, never ever. I think you did at one point, like when you were like starting and you were so hungry and so sure. excited, right? But like, you're just not going to go there at this point. No, I'm like, I couldn't even if I wanted to, like Bonnie and Clyde exhaust the fuck out of me. Like my husband is gone a third of the year at this point now. Like, yeah, there's just, there's no way. And like, actually like people I care about now, back then I was like some homeless rat living by herself, yeah. no friends, no family, no boyfriend. You know, now I have like a lot of annoying people who love me and take up all my time and it really sucks. Mm-hmm. That's so hard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just cut everyone out of your life if you want a quantum leap. It's actually the secret. <laughs> <laughs> so useful. But I think that is true. Like it's like it comes with like great sacrifice. And so like the way you don't make great yeah. sacrifice is like having other people that are gonna like help you do that shit. 
For sure. Because it's like the business works like, I don't know, like a hundred hours a week or whatever the fuck it yeah. is. But like, I don't work a hundred hours a week. And so like, I think that's something I talk about with my clients is like, it's not so much about like, what do you need to do? It's like, what does the business need to do? And then you figure out how much direct involvement you have in that. Cause people like, I hate batching content. I hate marketing. And it's like, I get that you hate it, but the business has to do it. So how do we figure that out? 100% always. That's why like, I think automation is such like a confusing thing. Like not that you can't like automate stuff, but it's like someone still has to like even build the automation or whatever. Like these things all take human time, energy and require. And you want to have like human quality control. Like you want to have those checks, like things can be very automated, but you still need to make sure that there's like eyes on the process. And, you know, you don't really want to have totally automated email support. Like there's going to be some sort of human touch. You could have like templates and saved replies and all that, but people still need to be involved in every step basically for now. Chat GPT is working on it. You know, they're coming for your jobs. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you just sold yourself on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very sold on the concept. I'm not so sold on the, execution but we can work on that we're gonna get it done in a month yes done yes because i really like being lazy i know i don't think you're available to not be so like someone else has to step in yes which is fine totally not someone that did not work out before just to reiterate that one more time sorry it's breaking up did you say something yep i did i sure did i can say it again if you need me to Okay. So we're quote unquote launching ish wealthy. Yeah. I think just um, getting support. These are like your two main things in life right now besides handling Clyde. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. And Paul leaves in two days. Got it. So exciting. You're going to do very well this time. What do you think? I think so. Yeah. I think so. It definitely feels like there's more of like a system to the house now. Yeah. Like things are just a lot more like consistent and stable and recurring, which is really great. That's um, why you want to make some space somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Got to, got to do it somewhere, preferably in like a contained way that doesn't ruin your life, but you know, it's got to be somewhere. Okay. We'll figure that out. Yay. Not here though. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Perfect. Cliffhanger. Okay. I love you. Send me a list, preferably. Like, I'll give you the two days Paul hasn't left, but like, I want it the day he's gone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business, but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed 
full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.